All right, welcome back to another show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day as always. Real quick, Manitoba, like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps out the show. I truly do appreciate it, uh, especially sharing. It really does help. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok and Rumble at MB Freethinker. Uh, Facebook and YouTube, it's Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. If you want to send me an email, that's mbfreethinker at gmail.com. Or you can go to my webpage at mbfreethinker.wordpress.com. Or you can go to, uh, yeah, and get all the audio-only links or um, go to any uh, podcast player and um, most of it will be there. Okay. Manitoba. What a week it's been. I mean, uh, the weekend was good, going to Camp Hope and all that. But... um, I don't know if you guys follow the mainstream media. I know I harp on it a lot. But before I get into the articles that happened uh, just like literally a week ago, I'm going to let's jump in the way back machine. And literally, it being Winnipeg, we don't have to go that far back. But uh, let me just pull up this article here. I don't know if you guys remember um, Time Time Magazine. Um, which obviously Time Magazine has become pretty much a joke of a magazine. Uh, But they came out with an article um, last year, and um, they picked Winnipeg as one of the greatest places to live in 2021. Out of the world, Winnipeg. Um, (laughs) I mean, let me say that again. Time Magazine picked Winnipeg as one of the greatest places to live in 2021. I don't know what kind of fucked up life or what kind of fucked up places the editor has been to to pick Winnipeg as the best um, because that statement has definitely never been uttered by a Winnipegger. Um, it, it hasn't even been said by someone who has spent at least 48 hours consecutively in Winnipeg. And I'm not hating, I'm just being real. But here's the article. It was um, 2021. Let's read it here. The city of Winnipeg is getting high-profile international attention uh, for the second time in under a month, this time for its adaptive adaptability, creativity, and ingenuity. What the fuck is that word? As well as innovation. Time Magazine has picked Winnipeg as one of the world's greatest places for 2021. Economic Development Winnipeg says it's a fitting title for a place that demonstrates excellence in art, business, and culture. The organization says the recognition will help Winnipeg's tourism sector recover as borders reopen following the pandemic, with travelers more likely to see the city as an exciting destination opportunity. I mean, of course, Mayor Bowman. Mayor Bowman says the title is a sign that the city is being recognized around the world. Quote, Winnipegers should be proud of the community we're building together. Oh, like, what a joke. Uh, 
So Mayor Bowman jumps on this. Our city councillors all jump on the bandwagon, toting, toting this as if it's some sort of win for them. Um, as if they were responsible for it. Like, this is something that just some, some editor from Time Magazine picked. And, um, I mean, most Winnipeggers obviously didn't buy it. Like, why would we? Why would this be the greatest place to live? Because we have a human rights museum that literally violates human rights. I mean, but anyways, let's fast forward today and uh, to today. And I know one person in Winnipeg who definitely knows the truth. Doesn't matter how much heat he gets. Um, but from CBC, like I said, this was what? Oh, a month ago. And this is in regards to uh, the violence that happened at the Forks. Quote, this is not new. Winnipeg police chief says after recent violent incidents at the Forks. Everyone jumped down his throat for making those, for like, quote unquote, normalizing it. Winnipeg Police Chief Danny Smith says recent incidents of violence at the Forks have led to a wider discussion about violent crime in the city, but says they are not a sign of any new trends in crime. Like, what, what is wrong with saying that? I don't know if you guys remember, like, Heatherson, uh, Heather Stephenson, Bowman, our mainstream media, they all jumped on him just for saying this. Uh, Smith said the police service plans to release a 2021 crime stats report next week, which will show 10% increase in calls for service last year over 2020. The report also shows violent crime, particularly assaults with a weapon, is also on the rise, up by 5%. See, Winnipeggers know this shit already. Smith acknowledged that the Forks is a special place for Winnipeggers and visitors to the city, but says it's no different than anywhere else. Quote, we've had stabbings there before. We've had homicides in the vicinity before, he said, adding the number of incidents at the Forks is relatively small compared to other parts of the city. Well said, our city's a shithole. Get this, Manitoba. Quote, we've had 1,199 knife-related incidents last year. So to have five in that area, it kind of puts it into perspective. <laughs> I mean, he's not lying, though. He's just telling it like it is. And um, our elected officials, who, by the way, their employment relies on our ignorance, they don't like when people say this kind of stuff. Uh, the police chief maintained he takes all incidents of violence seriously, regardless of where they happen in the city. So, uh, just so we all are on the same page, July 1st, Two men who recently fled Ukraine were at the Forks and they were stabbed in the neck and pepper sprayed. A couple days before that, on June 29th at the Forks, two people were stabbed and critically injured. A third person was also hurt. Uh, two days before that, a man and his daughter um, in an attempted robbery were attacked and they were taken to hospital in stable condition. And back in May, a man died when he was stabbed in the parkade at the Forks. 
So well said, Chief Danny Smith, this is not new. In spite of these recent, uh, sorry, in spite of those incidents, Winnipeg Police Board Chair Marcus Chambers, who is the city councilman for St. Norbert St. River, and he's up for election, keep that in mind, Winnipeg, he maintains Winnipeg is a safe place to be overall. However, he acknowledged not everyone feels the same. Really? Not everyone feels the same as a city councillor walking around downtown Winnipeg? Like, give me a break, buddy. Quote, I have to validate those concerns and do a better job in terms of working with our board and working with our service so they can feel safe in a community, in the community as well. He just wants his job. He wants to be reelected. That is it. So, uh, remember, this is a month ago, guys. Police to beef up presence at the Forks. Smith said police have met with officials at the Forks to address some of the concerns and police will beef up their presence there in the short term. Okay. Um, there was a certain part I wanted to get to. Oh, right here, actually, yeah. Okay, so more foot patrol officers will be assigned to this site, especially on weekends, he said. He also stressed that people need to look out for each other and beware of the surroundings. Keeler, uh, I mean, I, guess, I, I didn't read the whole article, whoever was being interviewed, disagrees with more foot patrol officers because she believes that police are, quote, triggering for some individuals. How the fuck can a cop be triggering? And uh, that the general public has to be accepting of the fact that society has allowed the situation to become as bad as it has. So at the same time that these people cry about violence, they still want to defund the police. But either way, so Winnipeg or Manitoba in general, the whole point was Chief Danny Smith just spoke the truth. He acknowledged the problem, realized the problem, and now experienced the problem. So, August 2nd, man accused of dosing Winnipeg police chief with pitcher of water charged with assault. So, uh, I'm not too sure if beefing up the police presence worked out for you there, Chief Danny, but it was a good try. But at least Chief Danny knows what it's like to be an, a Winnebagger. Uh A man is facing a criminal record after allegedly pouring a pitcher of water on Chief Danny Smith of the Winnipeg Police Service at the Folklorama event on the weekend. Smith was representing police at a community event at a pavilion when the incident took place. Constable Shaw Chancy of the Public Information Office wrote in an email on Tuesday. An officer with the duty office had said the police chief had water poured on him at the Japanese pavilion, but Chansey wouldn't provide additional details. Neither officer would say when the incident took place, but the ethno-cultural festival began in Winnipeg on Sunday. Chansey said the accused, 22, has been charged with assaulting a peace officer and released on an undertaking. He wouldn't provide any additional information uh, as the case is before court. I will say that it must be nice to 
receive such swift justice, though, being the chief of police. It would be nice if, you know, I mean, I'm glad when you get water poured on you, Chief Danny Smith, that you receive justice. But it'd be nice when Winnipeggers get stabbed, they receive justice as well. So just a heads up. But either way, so, I mean, I, I, <laughs> he understands how common this is in the city. Like, he he at least doesn't just sugarcoat it or at least lie to us. So it's kind of funny when Time Magazine comes out with saying the best place to live. So let's truly see Manitoba. Is Winnipeg the best place to live in 2021? West End Homicide marks uh, Winnipeg's 28th of 2022. Like, we are only halfway through the year, Winnipeg. So buckle up. 28 homicides already. An adult male died in the 500 block of Bernal Street on Friday evening after a fire alarm was pulled and initiated responders to attend to the location. Winnipeg Fire and Paramedic Service members called Winnipeg Police around 5.30 p.m. when they found the man suffering from upper body injuries. Officers say the male was transported to hospital in critical condition but died of his injuries. Police say no arrests have been made and the investigation is ongoing. The incident marks Winnipeg's 28th homicide so far. That was July 16th. Hold your beer, Winnipeg. That's already old news. So despite having our politicians around the city, you know, walking around like clowns in the circus, real people are actually aware of what's going on. Real people, real Winnipeggers are aware of the truth. It doesn't matter how many times you all keep telling us that Winnipeg is the greatest and the safest, and it's all sunshiny candy canes, Real Winnipeggers are seeing, and they're living through the results. Winnipeg mother voices concern after a teenage, teenager bear sprayed at skateboard park, July 29. A Winnipeg mother is voicing concerns over crime and safety in the city after her 16-year-old child was attacked at, with what is believed to be bear spray Wednesday night. Glad it was just bear spraying not a gun or a knife, but I was also scared and worried, Carla Cole told CBC, uh, sorry, Global News. Cole says her teenager and their friend went to the skate park, I mean, just being a good kid, going to a skate park, at the Claire Hughes Park on Henderson Highway Wednesday night when they were bullied by another group of youths. She says it escalated to an argument when one of the youth, youths bear sprayed the pair. I, You know... <laughs> The teens nowadays have nothing to fear. They're going to commit a crime unless it's against the chief of police. But they're going to stab someone and just be out two days later. So, of course, they're going to right away jump to bear spraying someone. So, uh, Cole says they came home and paramedics were called and treated them on the scene. She also says the family doesn't feel safe in their, in their Elmwood neighborhood anymore. I don't know why they felt safe in Elmwood to begin with. 
quote, where where are these kids getting weapons, getting bear spray? Where do you kids bear spray as a kid? End quote, she said. I mean, well, come on. Quote, it's concerning, very concerning that kids are able to get their, uh, to get their, I think they mean hands, or get a hold on weapons so easily. Police say they are investigating the incident, but so far haven't been able to identify any suspects. Another common theme of today's show is everyone's getting away with it. Joyce Clark, a youth advocate and board member with Fearless R2W, says more resources and support need to be put in place for at-risk youth. True story. So it seems kind of weird, Winnipeg. Um, you know, our elected politicians seem to be, uh, they keep telling us how great and safe Winnipeg is. And people are writing articles. We're on the cover of Time magazine. But um, it seems like more and more people like this mother are waking up to what's going on. Everyone is waking up except the people who depend on our, our ignorance to be employed. Their paycheck depends on us staying ignorant to this. So I think it's time to send these people who are elected right now to the unemployment line. Like, they are already used to taking our money. They're already used to taking free money, so it would be no different. The only difference for us is now they won't mess with our livelihood. So, living the only lives they know, Winnipeg Outreach Organizations Concerned with Youth Violence. So, mothers are speaking out. Winnipegers are speaking out. Outreach organizers, uh, organizations are speaking out. Winnipeg is on track to see more teens charged with serious and violent crimes than last year, which is raising concerns among outreach organizations. I wonder why it's not raising concerns with their politicians. According to stats released by the Winnipeg Police Service, youths were charged in 15% of all violent crimes in Winnipeg in 2021. Damn, 15%. Uh, including four homicides. And that's not Manitoba. This is just Winnipeg. So far in 2022, four people under the age of 18 are facing different degrees of murder charges. In recent weeks, there have also been dozens of other teens facing charges related to stabbing, shootings, assaults, and robberies. I mean, and the, the mom was worried about bear spray, but Jesus Christ. Quote, we've seen a lot of instances where our youths have been involved, Constable Claude Chancy said. It's concerning. It's all part of escalating violence involving teenagers that outreach workers are concerned about as well. Quote, sadly, they're joining gangs and they're joining encampments and they're finding ways to get their needs back in very unhealthy ways. St. Boniface Street Link's Executive Director Marion Willis said. Willis and her outreach team said it first... Firsthand through their work, she said the drug epidemic and the problems created by the COVID-19 pandemic. There were no COVID-19 pandemic problems created. There were government policy pandemic problems created. 
If you look at the drug use and you look at the uh, violence and the youth violence out there, a lot of these young people are living the only lives they know how to live. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give them an out. I mean, they're fucking 13 years old killing people. Uh, but Willis said the major, uh, the major fact, driving factor has been decades of, fa of failing to address teenagers aging out of the child welfare system. She says many of them end up homeless. It's created a cyclical problem for not just them, but for the kids who are born out of it. Uh, for many, the struggles start early uh, on in their lives, and one community group is seeing kids getting into trouble younger and younger. Duick's organization helps at-risk children and teens in the north end of the city. He said the last two pandemic years took away many of the resources that were helping troubled teams stay on track. Many places had to close during COVID-19. I mean, like I said, government policy problems. Many places had to close during COVID-19 while others had to significantly reduce the number of people they could help uh, due to capacity issues. Uh, Duick described one incident in which a 14-year-old that his organization had been working with was stabbed to death at a Halloween party. He said the ripple effects created from horrifying incidents can lead to more problems and more crimes. While many people will hear or read about the incident, Duick said for those who are closely connected, it could have a lasting impact that leads to more violence for some. Yeah. So Manitoba, who are you going to believe? Your eyes, your ears, your lived experience, or your politicians? Like, out outreach programs are fucking demanding help. Mothers are demanding help. <laughs> and Mayor Bowman is walking around. Oh, thank God he's done right away. But Mayor Bowman's walking around, you know, walking around as if that Time magazine classification was somehow a win for, for him. But uh, Manitoba, this article came out seven days ago. So remember back <laughs> in uh, early July or whatever it was when we hit the 28th homicide? Like, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket for Winnipeg. From CTV News, 13-year-old injured in shooting from Winnipeg police. Okay, let's see. Winnipeg police dealt with a slew of calls uh, Wednesday, like I said, a week ago, which included a gun call downtown, a shooting in William White, and an assault and robbery in Seven Oaks. Police say the first call came in at 1.23 a.m. with reports that a woman was going to shoot someone in an apartment building in the 400 block of Kennedy Street. When they arrived, police arrested a man and a woman and chased the third male suspect up, the up onto the roof of the building. Police say that uh, the man was found to be in possession of a 22 caliber rifle handgun and 19 rocks of crack cocaine with an estimated street value of $480. I don't know nothing about crack, but I don't know. That seems cheap to me. I don't know. Officers searched the apartment and also found a 12-gauge pump-action shotgun. 
Investigators believe an argument in the suite uh, escalated to a point where two suspects armed themselves, with one pointing the shotgun at a woman and the other loading the handgun with ammunition before police arrived. 18-year-old Theodore Christopher Anderson faces several weapons and drug-related charges. He remains behind bars. A 20-year-old woman faces weapon charges, and a 20-year-old man was released without charge. Same day, just before 2 a.m., emergency crews responded to a shooting in the 500 block of Boyd Avenue. More shootings. There were officers found an injured 13-year-old boy. He was rushed to the hospital in unstable condition and later upgraded to stable. Oh, that's the victim of the crime. Police say the, uh, they believe that the group in the area had confronted the victim, at which time he was assaulted and shot. And around 10.30 p.m., police responded to an assault in the 1600 block of Main Street. A passerby had seen a group of youths assaulting an older man on the ground. Officers arrived to find the 68-year-old male victim and two male suspects. The victim was injured during the robbery and was taken to hospital in stable condition. One suspect was arrested without incident. While the other attempted to run, the second suspect was uncooperative and had to be tasered in order to be brought in. Investigators say the victim was not known to the suspects. They believe it uh, it had been assaulted without provocation when the suspects asked for a cigarette. Get this, Manitoba. Two Winnipeg males aged 14 and 20. They face robbery charges. They've been released on an undertaking. Chief Danny Smith. What's going on here, buddy? These people, these kids are what? Assaulting people for no reason. Kids are shooting people. And Winnipeg, in case you think that... um, It's just violent crime? No. Not Winnipeg. We have property crime too. And a whole shitload of it. Look at this, Manitoba. More than 300 Cadillac converter theft claims in April. Just one month alone. So on top of all the violent crimes, the stabbings, I mean, there were more than 300 Cadillac converter claims in April this year, according to data from Manitoba Public Insurance. MPI says since 2021, they've been uh, seen approximately 150 Cadillac converter theft-related claims reported monthly. Okay, so it's not 300 in May. 150 a month. Jesus. Manitoba, so you guys know the five top vehicles for the Cadillac converter thefts are the Hyundai Tucson, Honda CRV, Hyundai Santa Fe, Kia Sportage, and the Mitsubishi RVR. No Chevys on that list? Wonder why. MBA also recently launched an online education initiative with tools and knowledge on how people can avoid having their Cadillac converter stolen. Yeah, vote. Elect proper city officials. Change the justice system. Police the city better. If Danny Smith doesn't want to do something about it, get rid of him. 
Quote, we all know these critical parts of a vehicle's emission system can be high in value when resold as they contain rare metals and are relatively easy to remove from a vehicle that isn't parked in a secure location with correct safeguards. Correct safeguards. You got to save your Cadillac converter now in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Greatest place to live in 2021. We'll give you a stab vest and we'll teach you how to safeguard your car from having your Cadillac converter stolen. Like this is, this is unreal. This is the city we live in. And keep in mind, with all the crime here in the city, like I, I did a show, it was quite a while ago, but I pointed out Winnipeg, I believe, is in the top three cities in Canada. I could be wrong. I believe it's around there. That pay the highest percentage of their city budget to the police force with the fewest amount of officers on top of that. So the city of Winnipeg is spending the most and we have the fewest officers hired, period. Like, do you think we're getting our money's worth? Because I don't think so. This October, we obviously are electing a new mayor since Bowman's out, thank God. But Manitoba, or Winnipeg for this case, we have to elect new city councillors. These are the people running our our city. Like, it's a joke. So, keep that in mind while Marcus Chambers, who's, like, on the police board, who in a couple months will be fighting for his paycheck, wants you to think that it's safe in Winnipeg. And then when our chief of police comes out and said, hey, guys, this happens all the time. And when all our elected officials jump on them, remember those names. But either way, Manitoba, that is going to do it for today's show. Um, I know it's kind of a downer today. It's obviously quite the contrast from covering like Camp Hope and the Freedom Convoy. Um, besides having our rights trampled on by our government, there's definitely nothing but love um, in that movement. So I obviously really enjoy covering that. Um, but Winnipeg, like, I just want you guys to know what's actually going on. And just in case you guys don't follow the mainstream media, I know a lot of you guys gave up on it. So it's important to remember that come October when these people just, again, want their job. And real fast, Manitoba, I seen a post on Facebook saying there will be a pig roast, I believe, don't quote me on that, at the center of Canada. And there's obviously going to be talks and speeches and all that stuff. Um, I think, I think it's Saturday. But either way, Manitoba, that is going to do it for today's show. I love you guys lots. Like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And I will see you guys Friday at 9 p.m. Bye.